previously on MD Wannabes. What's kind of interesting though is like even even in what we consider as a very time intensive specialty, there's still good parents and good moms and things like that. You know, it's yeah, and I know. think that like I think a lot of people are going to. I know we personally know so many people that yeah. have. I, I'm just don't want to like ask them, maybe bring them down, and just ask them like, what was your timeline and what did you do? do, 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 do. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of MD Wannabes, a podcast created by seven med students to discuss the important and lesser known things about the medical school experience. My name is Nidhi and I am joined by three other med students. Why don't we go around and introduce ourselves? My name is Ram and I'm a third year med student. I'm Harmony, a fourth year MD PhD student. My name is Lisa and I am a third year medical student. The topic this week is about having kids in medical school. While medical school is difficult, it is important to emphasize your personal life as well. For some, that means getting married, starting a family, and more. Today, we have some special guests with us who have had kids during their years in medical school. Thank you for being with us today. To start, why don't you um, talk about your experience with having a kid during our time at school? Okay, this is Harmony. Um... So I actually have two children, one I had before medical school and the second one who is a whopping seven weeks old that I had during med school. Um, There's definitely lots of ups and downs, but it's really important to have a good support system. So um, first was figuring out like, if I have a kid while in med school, what do I do with that kid? Or do I get any time off is the first question I feel like is the most common thing to figure out. Once you navigate that, which is pretty much on a one-on-one basis. Um, From there, it's then, what is your transition like back going to school? Um, For me, I'm currently on my first week back. So just figuring out um, feeding, when to pump, where to pump, um, how to talk with my boss about that. um, And of course, just the hours that are flexible, but inflexible at the same time. So I think in a nutshell, that's sort of the experience currently. And this is Lisa. I am um, a first-time mom. I have a six-month-old son who was born in January of our second year, Um, so right before step one. Um, And I did not actually get any maternity leave. Um, So I was in class virtually during labor. um, And then I was in class less than 12 hours after I gave birth. So that was an experience. Um, And that was a a choice I made. I could have had um, a little more time, but I was trying to save all my time off for um, when we started studying first steps. So um, yeah, we, I am a non-traditional student, so I um, am, was 28, and we decided that we probably couldn't wait until, you know, the end of residency, uh, and there was no time like now. Um, my husband and I are both from Kansas City, so like Carmony said, our support system is here, and so we figured this would be the best time. Um, not that there's any best time in med school. I feel like that's a question that's asked a lot and there is no perfect time. There's always going to be something, but it was the best time for our family. And I would say the biggest thing for me has been to be flexible because nothing has gone the way that I had planned on it going when I was pregnant and when I gave birth and um, like taking step. Um, Yeah. So it's been fun. He's sleeping in the other room. Hopefully he doesn't cry. (laughs) 
One question that I had for you guys is like, what are some of the common misconceptions you feel are present when it comes to the combination of medicine or becoming a doctor and also having a family? I think the biggest thing is that there will be just this perfect time um, in medicine where you'll be able to be a parent and be a doctor or a student um, in your training and it will all go perfectly. And when we were considering, you know, what, when we wanted to start trying for a family, um, we kind of realized that there's never going to be, you know, that perfect time, you know, first year you're figuring out how to be a med student, second year, there's step one, third year is your first year on rotations, fourth year, you're trying to interview, then you're an intern, then you're a resident, then you're an attending and you have more responsibility. Um, and I think sometimes it is kind of given off that it'll be easier in one year or another. And what I've learned from talking to other moms who've given birth at all stages is that it's never going to be easy. Um, it's just going to be kind of pick your poison is what it is. Um, and you'll get through it. Um, yeah. So I think there's a lot of people, um, I guess everything Lisa said, but then there's also this factor of like, if you are that person who decides to have a child and let's say you're a peer looking at that person, you're like, Oh, they must want, I want to say there's like a mis a misconception of what that person wants because they decide to have a family in med school. Um, like there's no way they're going to do well in step one or be able to do anything besides like family med, or maybe they're obsessed with kids and want to do OB. Um, so I feel like that's another thing that's like a misperception of students in addition to thinking there is a perfect time. Um, cause there really isn't. So I kind of have a question for both of y'all. Um, was there, did you all plan around certain parts of medical school? Like, I know I want to have a kid, but it has to be before step one or after step one or before a certain like block or rotation or something, or was it just like, I feel ready now. I'm not going to feel any more ready at any point. So might as well have a child now. That's a good question. Um, for me, since I'm also a non-traditional student and came in with one child, I knew I wanted another one during this period because I'm an MD-PhD student. It's eight years long, um, seven to eight years long. And I know like, no way am I going to have a kid after that. <laughs> no way I'm going to have a kid in residency, like if I could, because kind of like Lisa said, picking the least worst time was a priority for me. Um, so in my mind, residency is the worst time. Um, I can't imagine all the responsibility of a resident and a child. Um, and then looking at like which years work best for me um, and my husband, we talked about it and it was like, well, first year is like really trying to figure out med school. I don't feel comfortable having a second child during that time. And I definitely want to protect the step one studying time because that's like, I, I was not sure what to expect with that. And I knew how much it mattered. Um, and then with our program here, we switched to the PhD after step one. So we figured it would be the best to just ask for forgiveness and kind of show up pregnant in my PhD <laughs> program um, than to try to do that for like fourth year or third year per se. Um, I think the second for us was like some kind of priority times. And it was like, okay, after step one, beginning of PhD. Or if that didn't work out um, toward the end of the PhD, right before M3. Um, and if that didn't work out in M4, like somehow dodge interview season. <laughs> so that was how we decided. 
Yeah, and we were kind of in the same thing. I kind of mentioned that our family is here, and so support played a really big part um, with residency, not knowing where we would end up, um, not knowing if we'd be in a city with no friends or family. Um, I wanted to be here to have, like, my mom, grandparents around to help us back up. Um, Step one kind of played into the... um, deciding of timing, which I guess we should also clarify, as we all know, timing doesn't always play out perfectly. We were very lucky that our timing came within um, the window that we were looking at, although COVID came along and kind of ruined all our plans. But um, yeah, so we had planned, I gave birth in January, which was supposed to give me plenty of time to study for step. But Um, having to be flexible. I actually still haven't taken step yet. Um, I'm taking a year off um, this next year as kind of a delayed maternity leave. Um, Also just playing into rotations and the amount of time that I would have been away from um, our baby. But I know a couple moms who have gone straight through. So that was just what we chose for our family and what was best for us. So Step is still hanging over my head, which isn't great, but I'm just proof that you can plan and like have the perfect image of what it will look like. And it doesn't always go that way, which is fine. So do you, th- do you guys think you would have changed your plans if, um, I know step one is pass fail now, would that have changed when you all were planning? I, I like that question because I had never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, it might have. I might have tried to like plan to get pregnant before like dedicated. So that could be my maternity leave. That sounds insane, but like studying with a sleeping baby is actually way easier than like going out of the house with a sleeping baby. Yeah. So um, I think I would have maybe gone a little like earlier in my plan. Um, although testing with pregnancy brain and postpartum brain is like not the best. But that might have been what I did if it was stressful for me. I think it probably would have changed. So I took two exams before um, Fitz, who's our son, was one month old and I passed. Um, So newborn life is actually a lot easier to handle studying. It's not ideal, um, but it's doable. And it was right around three months when he started to get more active and more needy that um, studying kind of hit the fan. Um, And he also went to daycare, which was great because I had childcare. But um, what they don't warn you is that daycare babies get sick a lot. And when your child is sick, they don't cover their mouth, they sneeze on you and you will inevitably get sick. Um, So we've actually been sick like four or five times since he was born, which makes studying a little difficult when you feel sick and you have a tiny human who also feels sick um, and you don't really get to take time off. So um, I actually delayed step thinking that I would get to take it pass fail um, and hopefully that would help. But um, our administration is still making me take it while it's court. So we'll see how it turns out. But I think it's going to take a lot of pressure off of um, parents or caregivers in med school um, because they're not having to aim for a specific score, which is why I kept pushing my step date back because I would study, 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 take a practice exam and not get the score I wanted. Um, So I think without having to, you know, aim for X, Y, or Z as far as a score and specialty goal goes, um, it will help a lot with people who are trying to have families while in med school. Yeah. So on the topic of daycare and stuff, I'm sure that daycare can cost quite a bit of money. And so if you guys are comfortable with it, how does 
it look financially to be in med school and also have a kid? Yeah. So we had some savings that we are working off of. um, And then we are getting help from family right now as well. um, Because as we all know, med school is really expensive. And um, most of us don't work during med school. So if you are in a partnership or a marriage, um, it's usually a one income family. So um, that was kind of our understanding when we um, talked to our families about trying to um, you know, start a family in med schools if we would have a little bit of support, um, which we haven't had to rely on them during med school. Um, So asking for kind of the family loans um, just to be able to afford daycare. Um, And I'll say it's really city dependent, depending on where you're in med school at. Daycare can be really, really pricey. Um, That was kind of a sticker shock thing when we saw it. And that was when Um, We had to kind of ask family and be like, either we need you to babysit or we need to help kind of with daycare costs. So Um, I'd say that. So um, coming in, I moved away from my extended family, actually. So I'm just here with my husband. But um, my son was two when we when I started medical school. And the first question the program asked was, um, have you found a daycare for your kid while you're here? And I had never used daycare uh, to that point. Um, And so we were hoping to not have to use daycare because it's not just a financial tag, but like an emotional tag, I would say, of like leaving your child with strangers Um, and just whatever, not that people are going to do something, but just trying to control who that tiny human becomes and not being able to see what's happening when you're not there. Um, So we were lucky that my husband has his own um, tennis business. So he was able to take on childcare pretty much and be like Mr. Mom, um, which is great. And the only reason we could have a second one, quite honestly, um, he has to be Mr. Mom to start part of our relationship in a way. Um, so we haven't had to deal with daycare um, and we're still figuring out for the baby, but Mr. Mom is still the plan. Um, it worked out for us without having to pay, um, but I do have seen how much daycare is. And that's one thing on campus that students have tried to push for here. And I know other schools, some schools have sort of a low cost daycare for med students, but we don't on this, on this campus. So it'd be something great for people to work on nationwide. So um, were they really sticklers about the daycare thing? Because would it be possible to just do all your lectures from home and then be with your kid the whole time? Or was there a lot of times that you had to come into campus? Um, that's a good point. I think it was just, they wanted to make sure I'd have time to study. Um, you know, it's hard, like, yes, not having to come to campus is a help with our curriculum, but, um, you still have to study a lot as you know. So having, trying to study with a two-year-old is insane. Like I miss when he was newborn. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it did work out with just me staying on campus more and not being at home. On that topic, how has the school support looked like, um, positive or negative? Again, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. I'll say um, my experience has been really, really positive. Um, I was really nervous when I first told uh, our admin that I was pregnant at the start of second year um, because I wasn't sure how it would be received. And it's really been nice, all of the faculty. 
has been really supportive. Our dean has been really supportive. Um, and then we have resources on campus, like our ed support, our counseling, um, who have been really, really helpful, especially postpartum with step one and trying to navigate two really, really hard parts of my life all at once. Um, I had many an emotional breakdown with all the people everywhere. Um, and they were all really, really kind. And I think that is something that I haven't taken for granted um, here at, at our school, um, because I know that's not everyone's experience, but I haven't really had a negative um, experience, even when I approached our dean about needing to take a year off. Um, he was really understanding and kind of helped me talk through um, what it would look like and whether or not he thinks it will impact my chances of matching and residency and kind of what my goals are. So it's overall been a really great experience uh, on my end. I think for me, it's been um, a positive experience overall. I actually was, since I was pregnant in the first year of my PhD, we have a big exam in grad school, the qualifying or comprehensive exam. So I was due I was due in June and the deadline is August um, and you schedule it yourself sort of in that window, but by August. So I had to approach the department about um, scheduling for like May instead of closer to August. And there was a little bit of a hiccup there of sort of people saying like, you should do it after you give birth, not before. But I was like, I don't want to do it after with like sleep deprivation brain. I'd rather just do it with pregnancy brain um, right before the baby. Um, so that was a little bit of a hiccup and kind of an odd exchange in my department with sort of the grad school side. Um, but in medical school, I haven't had any issues with having um, my first and then just in the MD PhD program administration itself, because it's like a third group of people. Um, they've been super supportive. They were all really excited for me. Um, we had our retreat and I think I gave birth like five days before the retreat and I was on the planning committee and in charge of like communicating with the keynote speaker and um, everyone just like stepped in to help and make sure that it wasn't some awkward exchange. I didn't have to say like, oh yeah, I just had a baby keynote speaker. <laughs> like um, everyone stepped up and was really supportive. So it's been positive overall, um, but I wouldn't say like, super like no one will give you anything unless you ask sort of situation as well so I was kind of this is a little bit um off like tangent of what we're talking about but um I know you had your first kid before you came to medical school and then you had another one after you had two years and Lisa you had um your kid about your second year did being a medical student like affect the process for you like having that medical knowledge, did that change like how you perceived it compared to before you had it? Absolutely. Go yeah. Ahead. So we were in our repro block, our reproduction, reproductive block, um, right before I gave birth. And the week before was our uh, lecture about like labor from OB-GYN and talking about postpartum. And she, as lecturers are, uh, was talking to us as my students in a much more casual way than you would typically talk to an expecting mother. Um, and I remember our lecturer was talking about how they have to go in and um, sometimes get the placenta out of delivering mothers. And she was like, we're just going to go in, you know, up to our elbows sometimes to grab it. 
obviously you would never say that to uh, a mom, like as a patient, but when she said that I burst into tears at home and called my husband and told him that I wasn't giving birth anymore. Uh, so all that to say, uh, being a med student has made me a little bit more of a hypochondriac mom than I thought that I would be. So that was really hard. I think it makes it more difficult to separate yourself from being a mom and a med student when all of a sudden you have this really intensely emotional connection. Um, yeah. So, but I went into the hospital and I told everyone there, I was like, I don't want to know what you're doing to me. Like, just do it. I already know too much. Um, and, and they were like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm a med student. And they're like, Oh, they're like, you've heard all the bad things. So, um, yeah, I kind of wish we hadn't learned all of that right before I gave birth, but it worked out. Um, for me, the first, um, the first experience I was a pre-med of course. So I, I actually talked about a lot of my personal statement from the point of like delivery, really clarifying and inspiring me to like follow through with applying to med school. So that was really interesting just in its own experience. Um, and then jump forward to now of like, I've gone through med school, I've taken step one and now I have this um, other pregnancy. I was much less willing to like um, be worried about anything throughout the pregnancy a lot of like self-management of like, I'll be fine. So you were less worried. Well, I'd say for myself. (laughs) And then it was like, everything was like labor kind of being like a med student where we're kind of a know-it-all, even though we don't know anything. So not being a good patient with the attendings. So like um, when it came to just, do I want to be induced or not? um, There's no conversation about like, why you might want to be induced and why you might not be because I'm not listening anyway. Like, oh, I'll just think about like what I learned in school or what I know how to read from valid sources at this point. Um, and then in labor being like, okay, calling and saying, should I come in? I kind of feel like I'm in labor. Um, less worried again, but then deciding if I wanted an epidural or not going into it and being like, what do you think and wanting the attendings to give me their opinion, but like them not being able to, cause I think that's, you can just be liable for what you say at that point. Um, and then getting an epidural and it's like, I swear it was a resident. Um, and it was just like, he does not know what he's doing and it was awful. Um, so there was a lot of ups and downs, I would say like with the knowledge and just changing how you see yourself as a patient, it's really hard to, reverse to patient mode I think when you get medical knowledge um and then with my son like he had a weird discharge from his ear at like three weeks old and I was like does he have an ear infection like he's way too little so there was this whole kerfuffle of like a maybe ear infection almost ended up getting a lumbar puncture chaos um from sort of being maybe extra worried but he's only three weeks old yeah, yeah but the physician was worried too so it was good. I took him in, but it was still like kind of running through everything. And I'm like, Oh my God, does he have like a structural problem? He's only three weeks old. Like, did he, so something go wrong, like in utero and yeah. So, um, just a lot of ups and downs, I would say for me, no consistent, like I'm calm and I'm a hypochondriac just in the middle, depending on situation. I think, Oh, sorry. I think it's been a really interesting learning experience being a patient while in med school, um, because you kind of get that experience of having a lot of 
big words thrown at you all the time and realizing, you know, I'm able to understand a lot of what they're saying to me about, um, you know, the placenta or about risks of X, Y, and Z. Um, but also realizing that a lot of our patients don't have the luxury of that. And I was scared even knowing most of what was going on or being able to at least follow the conversation. Um, and then as a new mom, the times I've called the pediatrician, has been, I can't even count, um, you know, because you're worried this is like a tiny human and every little thing you second guess yourself. Um, so I think I'm definitely going to take that into my clinical experience when we see those panicked patients who, you know, their family is freaking out and we're all cool as a cucumber because we know it's just X, Y, and Z. Um, but to the family, it's, you know, it's terrifying. And again, I was like, even knowing, you know, if Fitz has croup, it's really, it's going to be okay. You know, he, every, you know, every baby handles it differently, but they can get through it in that moment. That all went out of my head. And I was the crazy person in the emergency room, you know, demanding, we need a respiratory therapist. We need, you know, he needs to be seen now. And I think it gave me a lot more compassion um, to those patients that sometimes we might roll our eyes at or be a little more impatient with. Um, just knowing that it's scary and you forget who you are in those moments. So not to um, get way too tangential with this topic, but you just made me remember, Lisa, the whole um, possible lumbar puncture. Um, so Everett was three weeks old and we're in the emergency room and they're like, we're going to monitor him. He doesn't have a fever, but we might want to get a lumbar puncture because there's something growing out of the ear that might, you know, make sure he doesn't have meningitis. Um, so I had this moment of like mom versus med student literally clashing in my brain of like, oh my God, a lumbar puncture on a three week old. Like, that's insane. I don't even want to get a lumbar puncture. Like that's and, and all the things that can go wrong are like running through my head. But then on the other hand, I was like, like the med student part was like, yeah, that makes sense. It's indicated Like, <laughs> to make sure he doesn't die. Like, so just this almost like split personality in your brain that I imagine is going to stick forever at this point. Um, so it's, it is a challenge. A number of times I've had to stop myself from like going on to up to date and Googling his symptoms. I'm like, it's like WebMD, but worse because you have the clinical information, um, which has been aggressive. And I'm also like, I'm a, I'm a med student. I know nothing. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> So we've kind of touched on this with a lot of the different questions, but what are some challenges that you've faced that you weren't expecting while being pregnant or after having your kid? So um, because I had my first, I was actually in my master's program when I had my first and my, someone I worked closely with who was my superior, um, like totally did a one, a total 180 on how I was treated when I was pregnant. Um, I went from being like the favorite student star student to like, are you even going to graduate? But not my behavior, just like the person's perception of me. I was asked those questions, um, just when I told them I was pregnant. So going into this pregnancy and planning it, when would work best for me, I had so much fear of, is that going to happen again? Like, is there going to be this whole 180 of people's perceptions of me, what I'm capable of? Um, and just who I am, like, 
being pregnant doesn't change my work ethic. It doesn't change my long-term plans. It doesn't make me, I don't know, like sometimes people do think like, oh, you're just like lazy or oops, you got pregnant because you're irresponsible Um, instead of like, yeah, maybe they plan this. Like they're an adult and they want to have a family and be in a career, not like choose one or the other. Um, So that was a big challenge for me. And I still feel like it's a challenge because I always juggle that of like having children doesn't make my circumstances different, but then not, I have to like give myself grace that it does sometimes. So it's a challenge I constantly um, struggle with, with just my own expectations of myself, what I perceive people expect of me and then what I actually am capable of doing. Do you think like a part of that kind of stems from a lot of med students really haven't had exposure to the working world besides maybe like a year off to do research or scribe or something? And they don't really see, um, I guess like a lot of people, me included, aren't used to seeing like your classmates having kids or being like getting married and stuff. Um, Do you think that kind of affects how like other med students might see um, people who have children? I think definitely, um, especially like in our school, there's not a huge non-traditional population. There's a lot of traditional students and those years go by fast. If you just take like two to three years off of undergrad, there's so much growth that happens in that period that if you don't take those years and you're straight into med school, like you're in a different place than your peers. So um, with peers, I think it definitely plays into even how they perceive themselves of like, you're a full grown adult now. You're not like a young adult um, who's like bar hopping and well, okay. Everyone bar hops till whenever, but like, (laughs) you know, it's not every single Saturday. It's not like frat parties anymore and substitute for like post-test med school parties. Like there's a whole nother part of life of, Hey, we got to like get our lives together and be functional adults at some point. Um, So I think it definitely plays into it. Yeah, I think my biggest struggle has been kind of an identity shift, kind of like what Harmony said between trying to figure out who I am outside of med school, this thing that I've been working so hard at for a year and a half, and all of a sudden, my priorities are just totally turned on their head. Um, And I... I'll say it has been a little bit of like a pride hit because I went into this very determined to be that like unicorn med student who is just able to handle pregnancy and having a baby and rock step one and, you know, go straight through. I was, you know, really had really high expectations for myself, Um, was kind of full of myself, honestly, of, you know, I can do it. And then having reality hit me. Um, that I couldn't do it all. Um, I couldn't be this rock star med student and have this newborn. Um, And a lot of people can. I just wasn't in a place where I could kind of juggle it all. And it was really hard for me to finally admit um, that I needed more time, that I needed help um, and all of that. And I think struggling with the role of um, being a mom in medicine has been a really different experience too. It was something I wasn't really anticipating struggling with um but especially when people would be like oh like you're never gonna see your child um or asking you know kind of insensitive questions because I am um the pregnancy having part of the relationship and struggling with my husband not getting any of those questions about you know oh you're having a kid obviously that doesn't mean you want to do x y or z anymore um you know i really had to kind of temper my responses to people um, because they would 
kind of like Harmony said, come at me like it was an accident that I got pregnant. But when it was my husband, they were like, oh, like, that's great. That fits right into your your goals. Um, and so having to figure out where my career goals um, and my family goals lined up has been hard. And I just want to point out, Lisa, how you said sort of the identity shift, because that's something that doesn't go away either of sort of like, not just the things we've said, but even discovering yourself as a mom. I I mean, it's my oldest is five. It's been five years. And I still am like, I'm a mom. Like, I don't know if you ever just adopt it. I feel like you should probably ask your moms, like, when did you feel like you were really a mom? Um, because it's, it's a work in progress over time and coming to realize that after sort of maybe I don't want to speak for you, Lisa, but maybe the stage you're in of like your new mom. So it's like, what does this mean? Am I a mom? Do I see myself as a mom? Because there's all these connotations of a mom and they really do clash with like the, what you believe as a med student or even a student or even a physician. So um, balancing those different hats and those different identities is something that I imagine doesn't go away. So I was just going to ask, do you all feel like um, having a child is kind of socially isolating from other students in your class? Because I, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I don't have a kid. <laughs> and I think maybe like the majority of the class is either um, married or in a relationship or single. And I would say like a small percentage even have like one kid, let alone two. So, and I don't think you guys are always at like partying on Friday nights. So do you feel like you can still stay engaged with other people in the class or is it kind of, do you feel like it's socially isolating? Oh, I'll just say, I think my response to this is a little different than it would be if we weren't in a pandemic. Um, so being a new mom in this global COVID crisis has been really, really isolating um, just because we haven't been able to be around as many people. Um, like I mentioned, when people were dropping off meals, um, normally people would get to stay and hold fits and kind of give us a break. But um, since it was the middle of winter and we didn't have the vaccine yet, people were literally just dropping food off and, and leaving because they couldn't come in because it wasn't safe. Um, so I think that's been a hard part of not getting to share fits with everyone who's wanted to be a part of his life and, um, you know, give me a break and babysit for us. Um, but I'll say overall, um, everyone has done a really good job of being really welcoming, being really intentional about checking in um, and kind of letting me know that um, fits is just as much a part of their lives as I am, you know, like if they love me, they love my son. Um, but that was definitely something I was really nervous about uh, when we got pregnant because so many people in our class don't have kids. Um, and I didn't want to be kind of that outsider who's like, I never get to see anybody because I always have to go home. Um, so people have been really good about saying, hey, like if we get together, you can bring fits or hey, do you want to go out and have like a kid free night? Um, and I've been trying to do a good job of balancing both, just retaining who I am outside of of my son, who I love. But, you know, sometimes I need a little little time to be me, but it's been good. But COVID has not been not been a great experience of learning how to be a parent um, when you can't go out with anybody anywhere. So no bar happening for me. I think for me, um, there's so many layers to sort of dice out sort of that social isolation from the group. Um, being an MD PhD student is already a big separation with my classmates. I mean, everyone moves on and I stay. Um, and then 
So like there's moments where you just sort of fall into a different category. Then you're like, okay, there's my MD, PhD peers. But again, if they're younger without children, um, I mean, they're talking about going to whatever bar or whatever. Um, and you're like, eh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so <laughs> and you're like, okay, I don't want to. And then you kind of fight, like for me, I kind of fight that identity of like just mom. So I'm not a big fan of being like, let's hang out as moms. Like that's also just not who I am. That just one label. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So then you kind of don't do that whole thing either. Um, So it does become these different layers of sort of isolation. But I think you just learn to sort of dabble into everything and know that you wear different hats, which I don't know if that's necessarily healthy from like a psych perspective to dice your own personality up, but that's kind of how I see it. Of like, I have friends that I hang out with, well, friends that I hang out with in air quotes um, as moms with my five-year-old. He's got like a little play group that these stay-at-home moms started, which is totally not like, they're like 15 years older than me minimum and stay at home. Like, and are also very wealthy. Um, so it's like, okay, I go and converse with them while our kids play. That's some social interaction. And then um, I've got like lab groups of just PhD students, which is another area and which ones have kids. Um, and then of course, med school plus or minus um, ahead of me or behind me and sort of my co- original cohort. But there's usually not a an ideal sort of overlay that someone will meet all of your different identities and I guess if you as you just grow more of them it just that naturally happens but I do think kids is probably for a lot of people the first sort of you become kind of the out group without even trying and I'll say it's like a very specific group of being a parent and being in med school, like we don't really fit in with the stay-at-home moms, but we also don't really fit in with the career moms. So um, it's kind of, I find myself floating in the middle of all of these groups and not feeling like I'm fully one of them. Like I'm not fully med student because I have a family at home. And so I miss out on a lot of those social interactions um, and it can be really lonely and really challenging. Um, I will say Facebook is a really, really good connector. Um, There's a really good physician mom group um, that is specifically for any kind of physician mom. Um, It's a breastfeeding oriented group, um, but it's attendings and everything from all over. Um, And they're super, super supportive. I actually had an attending send me um, a really nice pumping bag and a really nice pump for free. Um, So they do a lot of support for trainees and knowing that we aren't financially off um, or aren't financially um, as well off as um, some of the attendings are as far as being able to afford some of like the materials that might make like pumping or breastfeeding or baby care uh, easier. So I think what would be a nice um, concluding question on this topic is what advice do you have for anyone that wants to start their family in med school? Since you're saying that there is such a small cohort nationwide, what advice would you give to anyone that's listening that wants to have a family in med school, but are con- they're concerned or they're just wanting to get advice from someone? So, yeah. Also like, Going on top of that question, for um, people who don't have kids in medical school who'll probably have them maybe in residency or as an attending, what advice would you give to them? And is that 
necessarily different than what you would tell a med student? I think the first piece of advice I would give that I give so many people who like even bring it up or if anyone has a kid that I've seen in med school um, is just, just go with it. Like do what you feel is best for you. Don't worry about all the noise, which is like, oh, I'm going to be sort of socially isolated. Like no one else is doing it. Uh, What is, what about this? What if this, what if this, like, if you feel it's right for you, just do it. If it's right for you and your partner, obviously, um, because I think that's the first conversation that has to happen. And if you guys are both on board, um, just do it and everything will fall into place (coughs) and give yourself some grace to be flexible and patient with the process because you're going to have sort of your expectations and then reality sort of like med school. I mean, you have your expectations and then reality. So that's the first piece I would give to anyone at any stage, um, especially in med school, because I think the peer thing comes into play. Someone who's further in training, I think I'm gonna have to think about that for a minute while Lisa answers the first one. Yeah, um, I think the best piece of advice that I got that is what I would pass on is that um, being in med school and being a parent is very much an and relationship and not an or relationship. Um, so it's going to feel like you have to pick one or the other a lot and um, you don't. It's It can be an and relationship. Um, it might not, you might not be able to give a hundred percent to both, um, all the time. You can't give a hundred percent to both all the time, but you can have both. Um, and it may not look the way that you thought it would. Um, like for me, it certainly hasn't, I never thought that I would take a year off, um, And I still sometimes wonder if I'm making the right choice, but then I look at my son and I look at all the time I'm getting with him and the extra time that I'm getting to study for step. And I know that in 10 years when I'm hopefully an attending, um, I I won't think about this year. It'll be a blip on the radar of my whole career. I think what I'd add for someone who's later in training is, um, to try to not have regrets, because I almost feel like that might be a common emotional challenge at that stage to have children, because you probably feel like you did everything right. And then suddenly you're like, okay, I really not only want to have a family, but like I'm running out of time and this is the time to have a family. So don't regret it and beat yourself up about it. Um, I could be totally off base in imagining that as a reality, but I could see being like, oh, this was still hard. Maybe it would have been easier in med school and like constantly thinking, oh, maybe I should have done things differently. Um, so to try not to have any regrets and just embrace it and all the same things apply, just go with the flow, give yourself some grace, be flexible and patient. And I think for anyone further along, um, my biggest piece of advice I'd imagine would be to not be afraid to ask for help or not be afraid to take time for you um, because being a new mom is exhausting. Being a new parent is exhausting. And I know that the culture of medicine um, isn't always very forgiving for self-care and for taking a break when you need it or asking for help when you need it, um, especially in, you know, the demanding time of residency, especially if it's like your intern year. Um, and I think, the number one thing I've learned from having a baby in med school and the the culture is that medicine is going to go on with or without you. Um, and 
it's not going to stop if you stop. Um, and it's always going to be there if you need to step away. And so, you know, the, the world of medicine is not on your shoulders. So if you need to take a break, if you need to ask for help from people, um, it's going to be okay. It doesn't take away from you being a good doctor or a good parents or a good healthcare provider. Um, and I think sometimes we all get a little too wrapped up in, you know, we need to be this for our patients or we need to be this for our coworkers um, or our attendings or, you know, our students if we're teaching. Um, and at the end of the day, you need to be, um, you need to be you for yourself first and foremost. And then when you have a kid, you need to be, um, you need to be, they move up on that list. And I think I'm still learning that. And I would imagine it just gets harder when you have more responsibilities and training. So. And that's all for today. I really want to thank you, Harmony and Lisa, for joining us today on the podcast. Um, Lisa, I know you said that you don't feel like a rock star student, but from my perspective, you both are absolute rock stars. I thank you so much for your honesty and your advice for anyone who is also wanting to have children. And I've learned so much from this experience as well. So be sure to tune in to our next episodes. And if you want to follow us on our socials, we are at MD one of these on Instagram and Twitter. That's all for today. Bye. Thanks guys. Thanks.